Welcome to Layer 8 Podcast, hosted by Greg Sasso and Victor Coronazario, where technology and business strategies converge to support the most important layer, the IT users. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today's episode, to outsource or not to outsource? That is the question. When it does make sense to outsource or not to outsource, depending on the situation in your organization. Yeah, uh, we, we've been on both sides of this. We were an outsourcing provider, uh, managed, managed services. services provider, excuse me. Thank you very much for that. In addition, we worked in IT departments where we've had people come in and help us out. Right. So in when situation when we were selling uh, managed IT services, we encountered a lot of uh, companies that it actually didn't make sense to outsource and we actually didn't sell to them. We tried to convince them not to. And some we ended up selling anyway because they wanted us to help, right? Yeah, going into some of the details for those were, well, actually one company we were looking at trying to get work with is one of the problems was they wanted to have 24-7 support. Now, Victor and I, being a small shop, we could not offer that. It was, wasn't feasible for us at the time. But what we did was we tried to partner up with another company to see if they can provide that, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon to whatever, eight o'clock in the morning, I think it was. And the price was as much as all of our managed services. <laughs> and yeah, the call volume would have been minimal, but they needed that support. But to cover it, it was astronomical, actually. And mm. our suggestion to them was to hire a junior level person for that shift work and just have available, you know, the seniors in the group or, you know, that could take care of those problems that they couldn't handle. Right. And, but in, in that situation, I, I don't think we got it. I think they ended up hiring somebody internal. Yes. Which I, I just don't think they were ready for managed services because there are other things. We're on the other side now, too, where we, uh, we have worked with a company that does manage services for us uh, to co- cover more of our senior engineer level uh, tasks. And it, it seems to work pretty well. We still need to, you know, we're still new to it. So we're still working out the details and responsibilities of who does what. So, um, it might change a little bit, but it's great to have that reliability. Like we said, having an expert on Citrix or VMware is really hard or not hard. It's really expensive. Right. Managed services companies can do it because they basically spread that cost across you know multiple clients versus just one. Well, let, let's talk about the idea first because we're saying managed services, managed services, like everybody knows what that means. So uh, what did that mean to us? Because I do remember when we started uh, the model of, pay one fee for the whole month and everything is covered wasn't that spread out yet right most of the time people would charge either per hour or for bank of hours so uh, let's give people a little history about that at least the way we went through greg no yeah the way we looked at it was you know doing the hourly thing um would basically mean that when the comp when when your client's down you're making money so we stepped back and looked at it saying hey this is this doesn't align our business models we want it to be that you know, when we're making money, our client is. So what we did was we put in place a fixed fee covering everything. Um, we called it an all-you-can-eat buffet, whatever you might want to call it. And what that allowed was for when the client services were up and running, they were making money and so were we. What happened on the other side was is if the client was down, they were losing money. And we were also losing money because we had to pay our techs to go fix problems, but we weren't charging the client extra. Right. So the model called for the managed services IT company to be proactive and actually look at those logs, right? Prevent uh, the issues that came up or, you know, prevent them, you know, before they, you're getting the alerts for your servers running on space. 
Right. Fix it then, not after the server runs out of space. Right, because if not, I, I think Greg went... Uh, the, the idea started because Greg was talking to one of these... Uh, one owner for a not-for-profit company, and the owner told him something like, yeah, my current IT person will charge me... Charged me, I don't know what it was, $3,000 to install an antivirus product. No, no, no. What it, what it was, Victor, was... They charged them only $90 an hour. At the hourly rate, yeah. And I was like, okay, how many hours it took? And it took the guy eight to 10 hours to install antivirus software on... Like 12 machines? Yeah. So what I did was I said, he's like, well, you're more. And I think at that time, my bill rate was $140 an hour. And I was like, yeah, but I would have only done... I could have done it in an hour. And that made him stop. He's like, uh, okay. And basically, I got hired on the spot after that. And it wasn't me just trying to underbid the other company. I mean, anyone that installed antivirus knows... It's not rocket science. Right. Well, and that, uh, that made it, so it started a conversation, and I think we had talked about this before. I w- we would always say, you know, the companies pay technicians not for the actual work they do, but for their knowledge. Yes. The fact that a problem arises and they have the skill set to fix it, or even better yet, they have seen the actual problem before because of their experience. Well, it's also not just fix it, but fix it rapidly. We'd like to think anyone that can, you know, and people say, well, I can Google. Yeah, but how long does that take out of your day? Right. Well, and sustainably too, right? Because you can also fix stuff and just patch it and create more problems later. Yes. So you pay your IT folks for their knowledge, not for the, no, the, the thousand tasks that they do, right? It's for their knowledge, knowing that that person will fix my Cisco router when it goes down. So in saying that, that kept the conversation going and we said, well, since they pay us for our knowledge and not for the actual work we do, why not set up managed services? Because what we're selling kind of like, it's not the same as insurance because you're actually doing work too, yeah. right? But it's, it's kind of like an insurance, right? Well, it's an insurance policy because you're saying that, again, I go back to our business models align. If you guys are up and running, we're making money because we're not having to spend extra money. Now, it's a flat rate. And some people say, well, I only paid $900 this month and you guys want to charge me $3,000. Okay, what did you pay the rest, the rest of the year? And there were months where they paid tens of thousands of dollars to fix a down server. Right. And we said, listen, if you look at it basically at the end of the year, your total cost, ours is one is it's easy to manage for, from a budget standpoint because it's a fixed fee. So you're already going to know. There's not going to be any surprises. Secondly... Again, the models line up so that you know that we want to get it fixed correctly the first time around. We don't want to drag it out where if a company is making hourly, I'm not saying that they do that, but I've seen where they've done it. And it, it behooves them to drag the problem out. Hey, it's going to take us 10 hours to fix this or you know, we're going to, we're going to add a user to the account and that's going to take you know, three hours. I'm like, that doesn't take that long. Well, and again, that, that model keeps everybody honest. You don't have to wonder about the company being honest or not. If they're inefficient in their work, it's going to reflect on the hours that they have to put in and then, again, the money that they make per hour, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so that, that's what the model is. And I, just, I just wanted to give a refresher out there to people. Now, also saying that, too, is that that was our definition of managed services. Other people have, say, managed services and they need something completely different. So if you're looking at that type of model, you know, just make sure you clarify what does it mean. I worked with a company recently that said they're going to charge me this much money for managed services. And I was like, that seems really low. I, I couldn't do it for that. And well, I asked them, hey, ask them X, Y, and Z, these extra questions, what's included? They came back and said, well, yeah, those weren't included. I'm like, see, so now that's going up. When we said all included, we had, we documented what does it mean? It means you know covering the services, you know your service and stuff. If they go down the middle of the night, that's covered. 
You know, and we also told them what it doesn't cover. If you add a machine to the network, it's not necessarily covered. We didn't nickel and dime either. You know, we weren't going to up your monthly price because of one machine, but we did want to, you know, allow for if you added four or five, hey, we were going to sit down with you guys and review this. Right. So the most important part thing here is looking at how the scope of your system is defined. So if I define your system just as your servers, then if you call me for a workstation problem, I'm going to charge you extra, right? So, but the way we did it was we covered everything that was existing at the time when we drafted the scope and we gave some ranges about, you know, either adding computers or adding servers or, you know, whatever. But we also made sure that if we were going to end up charging you extra for something, we would tell you before we did it. Right. And, and we would give you, in addition to that, we would give you, we always try to give flat rates because we don't want people uncomfortable saying, well, it's this much an hour. If it's $5 an hour, but it takes me a million hours. What does it matter if it's five dollars an hour? So we tried to give a, a price, and unless something changed, we'd stick to that. But there were times where, yeah, we made extra money because we did it faster than we thought. But there were times where we lost ex- lost money because it took us longer than we thought, or we we didn't take something else into account. Well, and again, but that's called value billing, right? Yes, you're paying me to keep your system up, and to you, that's worth three thousand dollars a month for a fifty person company. Okay, that's what it's worth. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I have to do to deliver on that, which is. Keep your system up and running at all times. Uh, so in, in a nutshell, that's managed services to us. And at the beginning, it wasn't like that. I think more companies are doing it now. But when we started yeah. like nine, ten years ago, people were saying that they were doing managed services, but it was really hourly. Now, the other side of this, too, is that it's not that's managed services where, again, we come in and take care of everything. You can also outsource applications or individualized services. You know, the big one now is email. You know, an email has been outsourced on a personal level for years and years you know there was aol mail gmail yahoo mail now now enterprises can do it you know with office 365 or hosted exchange somewhere else so you can also just offset or outsource excuse me some of applications or services which might work well in your company too because managing an exchange server it's not really hard especially you know for victor and i because we've been doing it for so long but is it necessary for the company to pay us for that you know adding accounts patching the server when the service to do it is cheap and it's reliable and it works really well. Well, in saying that, I mean, I don't think that's the same as managed services, uh, Greg, but it's a, I guess it's a subset of managed services. Well, it's I, a hosted I, application. I, I don't say it's managed services. I'm saying it's another outsourcing. Right. But in saying that, though, that's good that you bring that up because a small company with, uh, I don't know, 15 peoples, uh, peoples. <laughs> I don't know who peoples are, but yeah, okay. that that's the guy from Shaft. That's something different. But, <laughs> but uh, with fifteen people, uh, back when we started, there weren't a lot of hosted services that were, to in my mind, were actually stable. Now there are. If I went into a small company and all they needed was like email and office, and they had one practice management application, I'd probably tell them. Why don't you start with the hosting applications first? Because that way I don't have to maintain anything in your internal network and you wouldn't really need me. I would rather give them that advice than try to tell them, yeah, I'll manage all this stuff. Keep your exchange server in-house, which costs you more on that infrastructure side. And then you have to pay me to maintain it. I would go after bigger companies nowadays than, you know, 15, 12 people. For the most part, I would advise them just to outsource their applications. Now, what I would sell them would be, okay, I can help you. I could help you put that stuff up there and then leave it alone. Yeah, we'd sell the project for that right now versus maintain it because we don't want to maintain it either. We don't want to get a call in the middle of the night, the server's down because that's not what we want to be doing. Right. But yeah. in more strategic stuff of, again, advise them, hey, let's do it, or the project to do it. Right. Now, what I would say is 
I feel bad sometimes for owners that have these small companies because they don't know. I mean, if let's say you're one type of a vendor, the good one, right? I'll, I'll, I'll play the bad guy. You know, I come in and say, yeah, man, you need that exchange server because it gives you this, 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 that, and that. So you have to spend money on uh, some VMware too because I, I want to put it up uh, uh, on a virtual environment. Now you have to buy exchange licenses and you have to pay me for it. It'll work. But they'll end up paying a, uh, paying a lot more money than they would if I just told them, yeah, just outsource it. It's going to be, depending on who you are, like non-for-profits get $4 per user per yeah. month license on exchange and they get link and they get SharePoint. Well, even the, the more expensive one, and don't you know hold me to this, but I think it's $20 a month per user. Right. That, that even gets you phone connectivity, I think, at some point. No, I think it's a little bit more. That might be yeah. 25 But again, the point being is that you want to, as an owner in this scenario, you want to be able to at least know high level what's out there to ask the questions. And when you have someone trying to sell you something that's pushing you just to that, which your costs are going to be, not only your upfront costs are going to be higher, but your maintenance costs are going to be higher for just a simple service, you don't need to do it. Right. And now you playing the good uh, consultant in this situation, what I just mentioned, what would you say about having email and, and, well, and SharePoint would, and all that stuff? To I would the say client? what we just said is, you know, I'd come in and say, listen, for this, I would outsource. It. I'd get Office 365 or, you know, there's Google's out there, which is even cheaper. Right. And you can use that. We'll help you migrate there and go from there. You know, your maintenance, we, we can write up documentation so you can do it. If you still want someone to maintain that, it should be a nominal cost. And I'll give them some ballpark figures on how much time would it take to maintain the service? Yeah, so so to outsource or not to outsource, if you're a, a small business, and at, let's say under 50 people, you would say, in yeah, terms I mean, of this? It, it kind of depends on the industry and you know how, how intensive are you needing your computers and everything. So. And what the connectivity to other applications, you have to decide on that, which is, you know, it, it gets kind of tricky. But at least as the owner, if you have no IT person and, and you're talking to a consulting company, at least ask them these questions and see how they answer them. Yeah. I, I think you'll gauge where they are in terms of trying to sell you services. Because we were always, you know, like I said, Victor and I have gotten requests for doing Macs in the past. And could we have done it? Of course. But we chose it. We didn't have the skill set. It wasn't worth us doing it. And we were upfront with the client. We did end up losing that client because they were moving all to Macs and we couldn't support them. But we helped even in the transition. Right. And, you know, people appreciate that. And if they if they went back to Windows, I know they would have called us. Right. So, so in saying that, when you're talking to somebody... Ask them about, and, and we hated this, but you need to ask it about the cloud. Well, what can I get from the cloud? But be a little more specific, okay? Uh, what, what can I uh, outsource uh, from my internal network if I have a file server, an exchange server, an FTP server, all that stuff? What can I put out there? If the, if the person starts telling you, no, no, it's better to have it inside, ask why. What are the benefits? There's, there are always pros and cons. What are the benefits to having it in the cloud? You know, Meaning... A company that's not yours, a space that's not yours, uh, versus having an internal. No, I, I agree on that one. And like I said, it's just really building that trust with your vendors and um, having them make you aware of what's out there. Because when you pay a consultant to come in, they're supposed to tell you everything. And it's not just, you know, sometimes it's, it's giving away other work, you know, but that's part of the business. So Right. Now, on the other side, uh, when you're an IT person and you have your IT department already and you're technical, a, a lot of IT people say, well, I don't need to outsource anything. That's not true. You're a generalist, all right? It's impossible to know everything. There are certain uh, situations where you should consider outsourcing. I tell you, I never had an outsourcing consulting company till uh, these past few years, and uh, the way I've been using them has been beneficial to us because I could have my internal people concentrate on the general stuff, mapping business to applications, 
and then calling on a on an expert on a certain subject, right? Yeah, I think most of the people when you talk about the internal small company IT guy, they're just worried about their job. And you know, again, that needs to be that conversation with the business owner because like Victor was saying, you want to elevate that person to the next step. And you know, having that person change a keyboard on a laptop is a waste of business's money. Well, not just that, just learning about other stuff. Uh, think, think about some mid-sized businesses, how many applications they have. Anybody that claims to be an expert on all those is lying or is overconfident. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's just no way. So you do the cost analysis. Do I hire somebody in-house? You know, a system engineer. Uh, we, we know the rates in DC or whatever, but they're not cheap. Plus benefits. Or hire a company that has at least 10 or 12 people in staff for you that probably costs you the same amount of money. Yes. Uh, if, if it's a bad company, it can be a really bad investment. But if, if they're decent to good, it could be a good investment. So you should at least consider it as an IT, whatever they call you, right? Because you could be called an IT director on a, on a 40 person company. But, yeah. but if you're in charge of the well, IT the department. You're CIO and you have no one underneath you, which is weird too. So Right, exactly. So you should consider it too. Uh, to outsource or not to outsource, at least ask the question, but be honest about it to yourself and then present it to the business. Because in the end, uh, the, bene the benefits will come to you. You'll be able to ascend quicker because in the end, what the owner wants to see is that IT is giving them value. He or she doesn't care that you're fixing that Cisco router or that exchange server or somebody else's and you're managing it. Yeah. They don't. They really don't care when you start talking technical to them, they don't care. So there you go. That gives you an indication of they, they just want to know, is it working? Is it making me money? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dead on. Yeah. All right. So uh, so to recap, what would we say to people out there? Because I think we're talking both to owners and to IT managers or uh, department heads. To the owners, you know, you need to be aware of at the high level um, what's available to you for outsourcing, you know, what options you have. For that, if you have someone on staff, hopefully they're telling you already. And like Victor said, is if they're not telling you, you know, you need to start looking at the cloud, there's something wrong. There's something there. You need to figure out what, what's the issue there. Right. But also if they're not telling you, if they're not at least mentioning outsourcing some parts of IT, uh, you should be weary of that, well, I think. No, that's what I meant there yeah. is that, you know, they, there's, there's always, like Victor said, pros and cons, and they should bring it up to you. Yeah. They, they might say, no, we, we can keep it in-house, but at least that they're having that conversation and that they're mentioning it. And, and for IT uh, departments... Uh, department heads, think about it, please. Because believe advantage me, of it, it could be it could be one of the best things that's going to turn you around and give you the ability to do what you need to do, and not again being stuck doing the ta task of fixing printers or fixing you know drivers on computers. Someone else can do that for you. There's so many other things you need to be doing. Right. And for IT managed services company, the last one, uh, don't be crooked. <laughs> build <laughs> build relationships. Uh, sometimes that 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 one sale that'll give you thirty thousand dollars for that year at the end of the year with that with that client is unhappy. Um, it's th that person also. There's people in that company that works for other companies and they're going to go to another company later and go. Yeah, I don't trust those people. They oversold us. Yeah, the, with managed services, the the right relationships long term. It's not the the quick dollar. All right. Well, that's it for us. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can check us out on iTunes under Prometheus Layer 8. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also follow us on Twitter at PC Layer 8 Podcast. That's the number eight. Make sure to tune in next Tuesday for an exciting new episode.